his first run and a good one. Williams outside, 15, keeps his feet, and Williams finds the end zone, and he is in for a touchdown. On second down, here's a toss. Here is Lucas. Jalen Lucas, that great speed, keeps his feet inside the 30. Lucas, 10, 5, touchdown, Indiana. It's Henderson cutting back and finding the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm a uh, voice is kind of back now. I don't know. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon, who is back. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. It's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? Um, I know you were at the game. I was not, but I was downtown. And holy hell, was there a lot of Cards fans. Yeah, I don't know what like, it looked like. Well, we can talk about it now. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but it didn't feel like it was much more than 50-50, 55-45 in the stadium. Uh, tale of two halves. In the first half, it's, I mean, you could literally hear the Louisville fans through the TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then in the second half, it looked like the entire stadium was IU fans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the camera crew did a really good job. Yeah. And upset of the year, our student section looked a heck of a lot better than their student section did. And it wasn't very big. I don't want to brag about it or anything. It wasn't massive, but it looked a lot bigger. And they were talking about how they got buses up and all this other stuff. So I'm just, I'm tired of talking about it. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Um, okay, moving on. Speaking of tired of things, uh, Seth's here with us again. Uh, if you haven't done it, block him on Twitter. It's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Seth? Any Papa John uh, sightings down there? No Papa John sightings. Um, I'm trying you to know what any was... other Louisville <laughs> famous alumni. I don't even know uh, if he's a love guy, but ties. There's a bunch. I think he is. So we, were, I mean, we, were at the, we were at the Sheridan um, Hotel uh, for like a quick second on, on Saturday because our friends were, we met our friends there who was uh, staying the night for the wedding. And somebody was wearing a Ravens jersey. And, and my wife knows a lot about football, but doesn't, didn't know Lamar Jackson went there. Oh, yeah. So yeah, a lot of Lamar like, Jackson jerseys. Really? That's what yeah. I was gonna ask. I was like, was that the only one or was no have have has Louisville adopted Baltimore? Um I there I was gonna okay, I should clarify. There were a lot of Louisville Lamar Jackson jerseys. Gotcha. The one I saw like it said was a Ravens. There were a couple. There were a few. There were a few. Um they were okay, let me get this out of the way. Their fan base without being a, like overly obnoxious like Ohio State fan base like in your face like smell weird and like stuff like that like they were the most overconfident fans i think i've been around since maybe like nebraska but it's so weird because they don't deserve to be as overly confident as they were like they were walking through lucas oil stadium before the game screaming their c-a-r-d-s chant and i'm like dude you guys are like half and half and you're not that good of a team either way we'll talk about the game now let's do that um we're here to talk about game i've got it listed i did the perfect outline except for this part game number three uh on the season it's the final score of louisville 21 indiana 14 game took place at lucas oil stadium which we just talked about 
The line originally, which we thought was fat and turned out to be fat, Louisville minus 10 over under 51 points. IU loses the game and falls to one and two on the season. And what I wrote as maybe the most disappointing, frustrating loss in a while. I disagree. Really? I could, I could not disagree with that more. Really? Yeah. What did you, did you have a, I, a different one in mind or no, you I'm, didn't, you I, weren't I, disappointed? I had this as Brando's Randos. We'll just talk about it now because I feel like it's, it's not really a, a question. Uh, just more the way I felt. If these halves were flipped, I think I would describe it as you just did. If if it was if we won if we were won the first half 14 nothing and then lost the second half 21 to nothing, I'd be mad about halftime adjustments and being out coach, which I still think we did. Um but Perhaps. I I left that second half being hopeful. I think there was a lot to to build upon. So, so no, I, I'm that. And I know I see you shaking your head and shaking your head. That's why I'm not frustrated because like, if we would have got beat 42, nothing, I, I would have been so much angrier, but our, our defense made adjustments. Our players made playback performances. Boys, we got a quarterback. Yes, um, we we'll talk about I, that. All of that mitigates, in my opinion, the loss. Okay, so let me explain myself with that. Uh, when you came out on what I would call my side of this, I legitimately, like, I was doing, like, shit, like, yes, like, not, like, bad head shakes, but, like, yes, like, I'm disappointed because of how well we played in the second half and what it came down to to lose the game the way that we did it. Now, maybe it's just because of the way I watched it live. Um, maybe it was yeah, just, like, way the atmosphere worse and everything. experience to watch yeah. live. For sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're, we're talking there. There are some of these games that haven't been, really been that close. I mean, I guess you could go back to like a frustrating game last year. Rutgers away. But that's a different kind of thing. Nebraska this game, away. Yeah. This game, we felt outside of really, I wouldn't say the entire first half, but most of the first half, we were outcoached. We were we didn't look like we deserved to be on the same playing field as them. Um, and then all of a sudden it's, it's like this, we're the exact same team. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. And so we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it right now. Um, so in key stats, usually I would put some stats, but what did I do this time, guys? A picture. a picture. There's a picture and I didn't get to see this picture until today. I have not rewatched the game. I, I, I had not seen this picture until you posted it. I took it. This is my picture I took from my TV, freeze-framed it, right as his knee hits the ground. This is Taven Jackson's fourth and... Or no, no, no. This is Taven Jackson's third, third and seven from the seven. Yeah. Um, And he scrambles, which this kid, oh my goodness. He scrambles, makes the... I thought, I texted it. As soon as it happened, I thought it was stretch 2.0. Huge touchdown. I mean, the momentum in that time at that point, you might as well have just shut down the whole Louisville side of the stadium. It was over. Uh, it should have been not a touchdown. They ended up marking the ball at what, Seth? The one and a half yard line? No, the I, one and a half foot line. Eight is that what inches. they called it? Yeah. They put it, should have put it at the one and a half inch line. Oh, yeah, for sure. They never, yeah. They're not going to do that, but no, that's how close it was. No, so I, I, Seth, I think you're. I think 
I think you're wrong on that. They did put it on the one and a half yard line. I'm pretty sure that's what happened because oh, we're yeah, like, they, oh, they, 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 they put it four and a half feet back. Oh, they did. God. So Which where his insane. where his knee went down, where his knee went down is where they put it. In in, in in this picture, they put it in between the one and two yard line, which is incorrect. If Again, four and a half feet this, doesn't seem far. They no. should have put it on the half yard line. It At that been, point, it, it should. Sorry, go ahead. Two, two feet is a lot different than four feet. At that point, there's no timeout. Probably there's nothing. You have a six foot whatever quarterback. It's a sneak, most likely a touchdown at that point. But because you, you, you're you further can't out, sneak from four and a half feet. You can sneak from two feet. Exactly. But here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hypothetical, and I hope I don't steal one of your randos randos here. Had they called that a touchdown on the field, do it's they overturn it? Yes. Do, do, they, do they overturn it? Yes. Uh, Seth's shaking his head no. I don't think they overturn it. Look at the picture, and it is. If you're dead on that line, it's very close. My thing is with your picture, his knee's already down. That was and right as his knee, right as his knee hit. Where's the pruder filming this or breaking this down? So, like, I get it. It didn't look this close on live TV. Now, I no. didn't rewind it and stop it. It didn't look this. It looked like he came up a half a yard short. It yeah. truly, truly did. It looked like he came up a half a yard short. On your picture, it looks like he's in. Yeah. The, That's the, what I'm the, saying the, if they stopped the, it. Called the, it. Pi- the pylon is blocking the tip of the ball. That's a touchdown. Yeah. I'm re-watching the fourth and one. They call it fourth and one or fourth and goal. It is from the half yard line. It is from okay. 18 inches from the goal line. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't it, remember that one. There's another you know, reason why. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. But either way, live, it felt like it was in. And the way the players reacted, and you could kind of see it on TV. I saw that today. The players you could see on TV were calling it a touchdown. They showed one replay in the stadium. That was it. And it, there was nobody from Louisville cheering, cheering about it. Well, it's a bad day. stadium, so I get why they did that. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the stadium. Um, either way, you know, it doesn't excuse what ha- doesn't excuse what happened. You can wind it up at the one-and-a-half-yard line. You can wind it up at the half-yard line. You can wind it up at the half-inch line. To have what happened right there, you can't. That was, yeah, can't have that. Um, let's go back to the good stuff because we were on some really good highs there, and then we hit a, a big-time low. Uh, I use defense did it again, Brandon, in the second half punt interception, punt, punt, and then the end of the game, which at that point, we're just trying to chase it and, and, and just get the ball under or actually right at 100 total yards in the second half. That should win you a game. That should win you a game. Um, when you're down 21, nothing going into halftime doesn't help. Um, but still in, in this age of college football against that team, the way that we played in the second half, that should win you the game. Um, give you some updated defensive rankings and I'll let you guys talk about anything else you want to talk about before we get into our stocks, but, uh, defense, defensive rankings for IU, this is updated as of, uh, Monday, they are 38th in the country in total defense, which is under 300 yards a game. And I remember they played, they played Ohio state yeah. and they played Louisville who, Louisville was a whole heck of a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, for a half. Um, and and then, Marvin, Marvin Harrison's having a lot more fun now again. He is having a lot of fun, isn't he? 
Um, scoring defense 39th, which again, these, these are going to be a little bit skewed. I mean, come the end of the year to hold any teams under 300 yards per game, you're going to be a lot higher than 38th. You're going to be a lot higher than 39th at 17 points per game after six games, eight games, but that's 17 points per game. Imagine that last year (laughs) that gets you in a bowl, (laughs) uh, passing 19th in the country. And the run, running game, which really this game was the one game that we got kind of torn up um, in the first half, is 77th in the country at 133 yards per game. Again, that's going to go up. I think that's a top 50 run defense come the end of the con- or the end of the season. But those are really good stats for what we thought was probably going to be the weaker part of the team. Um, and, and especially the secondary, oh, the, the secondary, and, and and look, and we've probably played against. I don't know, three NFL wide receivers. The Sharp, is that his name? Thrash. 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 Ooh, he's quick. He Oh, he's playing in the NFL. He's quick. I, I don't he know what his role will be. I, I don't know. Oh, bad. Uh, twice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that uh, to, to be top 20 playing the wide receivers IU has went up against. Here, Here's my thing, though. I'm burning all my Brandos Randos, so I, I apologize. <laughs> What and you? This Seth will be only one to be able to answer this because because you were at the game. The announcers kept saying, "This is the fastest, most athletic team IU will face this year." What? What? Did that make any sense whatsoever? I, I mean, I had to mute it at a certain point, but I, I definitely think Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State are all much quicker, speedier teams. And just thinking off the top of my head, shoot, I saw a couple Maryland guys who were some burners. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, look who look who else we we have already played Ohio State, right? Um, we're playing uh, Penn State. We're playing Michigan. Um, yeah, that broadcast was really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. So anyway, I, that, I, I that, think, that burned one of my randos. I think you guys are talking about two teams that are less athletic than Ohio State. I mean, we're talking about two potential day one wide receivers that were completely shut down. Completely shut down in that game. And two, one, I mean, what Henderson was supposed to be the best running back in the, one of the best running backs in the country, right? If not the best running back in the country. So uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I I can see it. I'll tell you. Uh, what's his name? Jawar Jahar Jordan. He's quick. He's a quick little back. And uh, Brom did a really good job of exposing um, the edge opposite of Carter, for sure. Okay. So that's enough of that. I'm just gonna stop. We can talk some more about the game kind of as we go. Um, let's get into our stocks. Let's uh, let's go reverse. Let's be real negative first. Let's go stock down. Okay. I think we might all have the same player here, boys. <laughs> stock down on offense, Brandon. What do you got? Uh, you want player? Or... It doesn't have to be a player, sir. It can be whoever player, coach, scheme. Right. I'll let you guys go in on it because I'm. It's just turning into a bit, and I don't want it to be a bit, so I won't take the obvious one. I'm going offensive line stock down. Oh, they were getting no push at all. 
Um, the running backs had absolutely no holes whatsoever. Now, I thought they could have been schemed up a little bit better. I thought Christian Turner should have got the ball more. Um, but I do think, you know, you look at what the offensive line did against Ohio State versus what the offensive line did against Louisville, and it did not have as good of a performance. Now I'm going to steal what Bragg says. This does not mean that we don't like or I don't like the offensive line. I think the offensive line as a whole has been drastically better than last year and better than what I expected. But they were doing no favors for the run game whatsoever. So stock down to the entire offensive line. That is specifically the interior. That is not where I thought you were going to go. Um, you know, I'll give you that. I will. Um, I think without Matt Bedford in there for a lot of the game, um, only reason he came in was due to an injury. What was up hurt. with Carpenter's snaps, man? Not great. They'll get that. Wolf, dude, you're you're an upperclassman. Come on. What I bad. What I can say is that they, I just want to double check the box score real quick. Zero sacks. Zero sacks, but six, six TFLs. No bueno, no bueno. Um, and I'm not sure that they gave that up against Ohio State. I know they gave up at least one sack to Ohio State. I was going to try to pull that up real quick. Seth, who's your stock down on uh, offense? All right, I had two names written down. Uh, the first name was Christian Turner. Uh, I think he had three touches. He he just doesn't seem to be utilized in this offense in any way. Um, they have plenty of other running backs, so that's not too big of a loss here. Um, but I think the biggest name here is is it's clearly still Walt Bell. I, I think the direction this offense is going in is is really rudderless. Um, sometimes he has these great offensive scripts to start the game and you think that it's going to be this awesome offensive onslaught and then they just make no adjustments whatsoever and the production falls off the table and then other times like you know saturday for instance there is nothing in the first half they have no cohesion they have no initiative and then all of a sudden he figures out some adjustments that start to make a little bit of sense and he picks it up the players start to believe but there's never a consistency to the approach and, you know, so I feel like while you've solved some issues, you still have this giant Walt Bell shaped problem. Yeah. What, what drove me nuts was the, it was so predictable that every single second and 10 was going to be a run. And then I had to listen to the horrible announcers say, Oh, Walt Bell told us that this strategy was to not put them in third and long. Are you kidding me? You, you, you're averaging two yards a rush. Running the ball on second and eight is guaranteeing putting yourself in third and long. Um, I don't it, His play calling is so predictable. It is either run, run, pass or pass, run, pass. It, there, there is no shaking it up whatsoever. There, there, there's creativity when it doesn't need to be. That first drive, when we were driving it, first down, first down, first down, unnecessary reverse that puts you at second and 15. And guess what the next play was? A second and 15, a draw up the middle to make it third and 12. Are you 
kidding me. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's why I wanted to save the Walt Bell because even when things are going good, he finds ways to screw it up. I just think his situational awareness is subpar. Uh, the way he uses players, the pitch counts he puts different players on from a target or touch standpoint, it doesn't seem to make sense for any kind of long-term identity. The I know you have to go against scheme every once in a while, but the interior run plays to Jalen Lucas, the you know pulling guards on short yardage situations – they just they scream a guy who just doesn't quite get the time and place. No, nope. they, sc- they scream UMass head coach is what they scream. Right. I've got I, I wanted to sit that out on purpose. I didn't try to get a point in. I didn't try to, to do anything. I wanted somebody to say his name and sit back and see what you guys had to think about it. Uh, because. Uh, and, and I've got some stuff here and I don't have it on your guys's outlines, but it's on my. On my final statements, I'll talk about him uh, in a little bit and kind of where our fan base is and where their their pointed anger and frustration is 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 not necessarily in the right place. But um, let's move on. Stock down on defense, Brandon. Uh, stock down on defense. Let me jump back over. Um, Jamari Sharp, after looking incredible against Ohio State, really standing up on his uh, all by himself. He looked like a freshman. I mean, yeah, he, he, he he bit on some pump fakes. He bit on some play actions. Um, he was just in terrible position. Didn't flip his hips very well at all. Um, Jamari Sharp was in his own head um, for sure. So I, I will give him um, the benefit of the doubt. I think it was on the touchdown. Jack Plummer is running for his life out of the out of the pocket and I don't know if he thought there was safety help over the top because when I was watching it and when he was in the end zone I was watching Dunham and it was either Sanguinetti or somebody else kind of talking to each other like where were you at on that play so I'm not sure if that I I agree with you on on the first one where everyone gave me I I called sharp out immediately it was Dunham on the first one but on the second and third one it was sharp yeah, sharp, sharp, sharp got burned multiple times. Yeah, and he, it's a fresh. He's a freshman. It's gonna. It's, it'll take him a minute. I mean, that's a really good wide receiver. Um, I agree with you though. Stock down there. I'm gonna be tough. I guess I don't think that I've got one on defense. I don't have a particular player I want to point out. Maybe outside. Of, I guess you could say sharp. Um, I thought the defense. I, I have one. I have really a well. couple more. I have a couple. Okay. More. If you want to go, I was going to say, well, I was going to take a special teams player and say, I thought, I thought maybe James Evans had kind of a rough punting day um, for him being such a good punter. Not as rough as their guy. Their guy had a real rough one. Um, But uh, I thought James had, had a tough, a tough day out there, but yeah, if you want to start naming him off, go ahead. There were a couple of times we could have pinned him inside the five and it got to the eight or it got to the 15 or it, you know, just, it wasn't Evans coffin corner. No. Um, that he normally does. I mean, they again. There was only that one bad punt, but there was a couple. I'm like, oh, if we can pin him on a two yard line, like let's go. And there was just none of that. Um, but the bar was set pretty high for. Yeah, and again, uh, we James love Evans. James Evans. Love him. Yeah. Just thought it was um, a rough one for him. 
a guy again I don't like, but I thought he had a, his breakout game last week. Linnell Carr. Imagine if Andre Carter had someone else opposite that they couldn't run away from him the entire game. Yeah. There was no compliment to Carter and that, and Brom just schemed it up so easily. Brom literally said, okay, I'm going to go the other way, which you, you already laid out, Bragg. Yeah. So if, if Linnell Carr could have set some sort of edge or sent some kind of pressure, I think that drastically changes the, uh, um, changes the game. Yeah, um, a lot. So Linnell Carr doing nothing was disappointing. Uh, there were multiple edges that were just completely lost on that side. It was, of the the, it was literally the the last drive of the game happened twice. Yeah, to the quarterback. Yeah, it was really bad. And then last one for me, you already mentioned him, um, Josh Singetti. Um, there was only one play that I noticed that he messed up on, um, which is when he. Uh, he ran into a defensive player on a mesh route and gave up an easy 15, 20 yard catch on third down. It was third and six, third and seven. Um, and he, he ran into Kobe minor um, and, it, and it was just an easy pitch and catch, but no stats no. in a game as pivotal as this. How does a senior leader have nothing? How are you not around the ball at all? I'll tell you why in my stock up. I'll tell you why my stock up. Um, do you have a stock down, Seth? Yeah, the three names I had written down were Sharp, Carr, and Dunham. And those were the three guys I really felt like Brom circled and tried to identify different times to take advantage of. Uh, one of those guys really had a bounce back, uh, but the other two guys kind of got victimized at, at really key times. Um, and then one of them had an, one of them had an interception. That's that's the one I said had the bounce. Okay. That's the one I said okay. had the bounce back. Um, but the one I was going to ultimately go with was, uh, James Evans. I mean, just, it felt like there was some lost hidden yardage there with an average barely over 39 yards. Uh, you expect a little bit more from him and again, he's set the bar really high. So that's all I had. Okay. Uh, let's go to stock up and there's a lot. I mean, really there's, we'll go stock up. We'll stay on the defensive side. Then we'll go to offense. Cause I think we'll all have probably the same player players on offense. Um, what do you have on defense, Brandon? Aaron Casey. Okay, because he he is oh my goodness. Second game, he was the best player on the field, regardless of position. Now I had to hear the broadcast. This Louisville corner is going to go to the league, and this guy is going to go to the league. Aaron Casey was the best on either side of the field. Um. Oh my, that time where he almost tackled two guys at once. I about yeah. jumped through my roof and I have vaulted ceilings. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. Um, Aaron Casey. He, do you want to do you want a stat for him or no? I'll yeah. tell you. Ten tackles total, five solo, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Only player on the team with a sack. And he had three of the four TFLs on the team. The other one, ironically, coming from Jamari Sharp. Um, Seth, I think, is probably going to take mine, but uh, I've got another one backed up just in case. But Seth, uh, who you got? This was the guy. I talked my way out of him being a stock down and into a stock up. He okay. showed me the way he bounced back mentally 
uh, to really get himself back in the game and turn himself from one of the guys being exploited into the one of the guys who had the the interception, which was at that point the probably the biggest point of the game. Um, and it has to be Philip Dunham. Yeah, he's he he's really good. <laughs> he's he's really good at football, and if he can keep it up, he's young. If he can keep this up, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good for the team. What I was uh, hinting at earlier before Seth got all mad and thought I was going to skip his stock down on defense was uh, Lewis Moore just put himself in the starting lineup all the time. I, I think that um, Josh Sanguinetti, who we love, we love Josh Sanguinetti, um, might be at, bumped down a little bit, a little bit down the depth chart. So Lewis Moore, another great game. He was everywhere. He was everywhere where, where he we didn't need him to be. We did not need him to be making seven tackles in this game. But if he doesn't make these seven tackles, it's a, it's a lot worse than 21 nothing going into halftime. And he had one that I remember, two that I think I remember. He had one thump. Oh, on, one on ab- Plummer. I think it was on Plummer, I think. Okay, or it was on Johnson, one, I, one of the two. The, it was Johnson. Yeah. He was kind of tiptoeing. He yeah. was tiptoeing inbounds, and he just goes, no more. Yeah. And it was a completely legal hit. Um, Just put his shoulder pads right in the side of him and just th- like launched him launched him <laughs> it was awesome yeah it was yeah so it was along our, it was along my sideline so it was a hard it was kind of a hard angle to see because and this is going to sound really bad but i couldn't we were low enough to where it was kind of like couldn't really see above the players a lot um along that sideline but you you could just i mean you could feel it and when you watch the replay, Johnson has no idea he's coming. None. Because he kind of pops out of from behind. Like uh, I think it's a wide receiver is engaged with one of our corners. And he, bam, done. So It was awesome. All right, let's move to offense. Um, we may all pick the same person. I don't know. Um, Brandon, whose offense? Stock up. I also had Noah Pierre. He had two massive pass breakups. Um, yeah. That would have been that that made the comeback one. possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I want to, you know, this is the a partial Noah Pierre podcast. That's right. Um, a stock up on offense. Um, I'm going to go with my honorable mention, and then I'll go with my real one. What a catch by Bradley Archer! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You got to find a way to incorporate that if he has that. Um, that was incredible. Uh, so you got that Bradley, Bradley Archer, honorable mention. Um, I didn't think he'd ever make our outline, but holy cow. He looks um, good. He looks pretty good. But the main one is, is David Jackson. I mean, we got a quarterback for the next, for the next, you know, almost three years. He's, he's real. Um, I don't, I, don't, I think, I think I read it. I either read it on pigs.com. If you don't subscribe, subscribe, or, or I had, I heard it in a, uh, a 1070, the fan, um, radio interview that he's kind of not a practice player that like he's a gamer. Right. I, and, and I, again, I, I don't know where I heard it or read it and you could tell, and he's a leader. The players respect him. His post game interview where he only took the blame himself. How many times do you see people, you know, blame a coach or a play call or compliment a team? He took it all on himself. Um, Taven Jackson's the man, and I'm I'm really really excited to to get a, get to watch him play football for the next three years. So before Seth jumps in, 
uh, he's part of this other group text, not our podcast group text, but another group text. And I texted early third quarter, I think it was, and I said, we've got ourselves a quarterback. And I got one thumb down on it, and it came from the other Purdue fan in the group because he was watching the game and could see the same thing everybody else could see. Now, granted, you know, his stats, not unbelievable in this game, but 24, 34, 299, his average will make Brandon puke. But again, not his fault. One touchdown, one interception, which I was screaming in the stadium. If we want to talk about the pick, he was a little hyped. I think he came out a little hyped threw the ball a little high, but Seth, Brandon, you guys played high school football, high level. One of you did high school football. When the ball hits you in the hands, you catch it. Thank you. And that's what happened in that play. And from somebody that's been playing a lot of college football, he should have caught that ball. And if he catches that ball, maybe it's a totally different narrative because they did score off of that off of that pick. So um, I, I'm not going to add anybody else. That was my pick. I had, I mean, I can, but I think he's going to take this next guy. Seth, who's your stock up? No, you're not allowed to. The answer is a clean sweep across the board. I will even get his name right this time. I'll stop with my little shtick not knowing his name. The answer is Taven Jackson. I mean, the the fact of the matter is it's his job, and it's his job for the next three and a half years. Don't mess with his confidence with rotating drives or reps. It's his team. Let him, if he's not a practice player, who gives a crap? Let him, let him go out there and ball. This is his team. This is his program. You've got to let him figure this out put up with the growing pains that's okay he's his habit he's got three games of this now the first few drives he's gonna throw it high he's probably gonna get picked off once or twice in this early uh in this early period it because of it but he's gonna figure it out he figures it out as the game goes on he makes the mental adjustments he makes the improvements you don't just have an athlete back there you have a quarterback now create an identity around him and build an offense that works and a framework that takes his skill set and puts it in places where he can be uh, advantageous and make you know good easy decisions it's not overly complicated does walt bell do that yeah Mm, to be determined (laughs) yes um listen to this what if i threw this name out and don't take it too far it's just a minor comparison to the way that he throws the ball and the way he kind of acted like this, doesn't it seem like early Panthers, Cam Newton, always throwing high? You don't see any of that in there? That's what I kind of compared it to with his kind of moxie and his, he's not as much of a dick, I guess you would say, <laughs> as Cam is uh, and was. And I like him. I actually like Cam Newton. Um, but I, I don't know if it could come across on TV or not. This dude had full control yes. of everything. He wasn't, it didn't look like it at least. He didn't, he he could he could have rushers coming at him. His pocket presence looked insane live. He was getting pressure coming off his right. He just moved around it a little bit and would either scramble to his right or make a throw over to his right. Um very, very uh, good. Again, so the a few things that I love, and these are so minor, and and you know, people that know more about football may laugh me off of this. But when he took a shot in the pocket, popped right back up and either smacked the defender in the helmet saying good job or did a little bit of jawing, I like that. Me too. I like that a lot. 
I, I number of times I saw him pick, help pick up a running back or help pick up a lineman, um, you know, getting up off the ground. I like that. Um, is, is that mean how just finding more things to like about him? Maybe, but, uh, yeah, I can't help but be excited, um, about him. Yeah. The, the name that came to mind surprisingly was a right-handed version of, uh, Heisman front runner, Michael Penix. He has a lot of that moxie, that natural charisma that he plays with. They're about the same size. I think they have a lot of similarities, whether you like to believe that or not. I want. Okay, I'll let you have it. It's it's fine. I'll let you have. It. I don't see the same. I never felt that comfortable, and maybe that's because I've seen him be injured year after year after year after year. I don't feel the same way about Taven and knock on wood, please, wherever it is, touch whatever the English people say, touch wood, whatever. Um, yeah, I I see what you're saying. From I'm that, speaking from an like, attitude standpoint, almost. Okay, more attitude than standpoint, I, I can get that. Yeah, the one year, the 2020 year, where he really let it shine. I think I, I could see that too. I get it. Um, we got to throw these two names out real quick. Jalen Lucas had a huge game receiving 10 or 10 receptions, 98 yards, including what a I've touchdown. been calling for. Play him at wide receiver. Yeah, and then you have Josh Henderson, who also had that insane catch. Um, and you have Christian Turner. That's a great one too. Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. Get Jalen Lucas in the backfield and playing a little bit of a Debo Samuel role. Sure. Guess what? Debo Samuel primarily plays wide receiver. What should Jalen Lucas play wide receiver? Guess where he's going to play in college wide receiver. Set him up. He's in college, by the way, just, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? I know, but you know, um, Cam Camper needs a shout too. three catches, 74 yards an average of 20, almost 25 yards a, a catch. Um, I mean, you could throw four catches in there if you want. He wasn't targeted enough, uh, was, is what it was, but four catches you could say, cause he had that huge pass interference call late that really set up that, um, first and goal that got stopped anyway. So he was, he was unstoppable second half when they finally turned to him and, and tried to get him some targets. So um, that's it for stocks. We'll move on. Uh, we spent probably a record amount of time on stocks there for the, the LEO podcast. So do you guys want to add anything else on that uh, before we move on? I can't see you guys or hear you guys. I can't see you guys either, but um, this is usually an audio platform, but I'll take that as a no since nobody was saying anything. Uh, so, you know, we'll move on and we'll run through the rest of it. Speaking of running, super quick word from our uh, sponsor, Monon Track Club. You guys already know it. You guys are saying it right now. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they're offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout. That's LEO10 at checkout at MTC.com. Get yourself a big old order and a big old amount of money off. Uh, Speaking of MTC and IU football, the owner, the founder, the CEO, the Presidente of Monon Track Club will be with me um, in Bloomington on Saturday, Saturday night. Coming to his first game with uh with Bragley. So come on out, come on out, see the uh see the tailgate, you know, do what we do. Have a shot, have a beer, 
you know, pick up some merch if you want from LEO podcast or podcast Um, cool. Back to the show. We're going to revisit predictions. Um, and for once this season, uh, I didn't win. Uh, this one's going to go to producer Seth. Um, we'll go through the predictions here real quick. Seth had us losing this game 17 to 27. Brandon was close with the win of 20 to 17. And I had some more points. I had us winning 33, 34, um, which I thought Brandon had talked himself into on the preview um, from what I heard, but maybe not either way. Congratulations, Seth. You win nothing. Um, but, Will I uh, ever win one? Have I ever won one? You, you'll win one. You'll win. Oh when the shtick was that I wasn't allowed to win, sometimes you got the token win. So I know you've yeah, <laughs> you've at yeah. least been credited with a win before. Because if Seth, we'll let Seth win the next one if he wants. Um, and then it'll probably be me the rest win. of the way. I don't want a pity win. Although I need, we need Seth. We know what to be honest with you. We need Seth to win the rest of the way. We need it to get us to six and six. That's what we need. Um, we'll take better than six and six now because we got a quarterback. Um, all right. Speaking of that, let's get to uh, Brando's Randos. Do you have anything left? I do have two, only two, since we've already covered two. Okay. Um, thoughts on this option offense slash quarterback running the ball? Hate it, love it. So hate the option, hate the triple option. We're not Navy. Um, we can run it every now and then, which is what I think Seth's going to say. You know, you want to run it five to eight times a game? Fine. But it can't be your base offense. Not with this quarterback. Not with that arm. Did you see those passes down the field? They were buckets, dude. Got to get him, get him throwing the football. Seth? So I think the, the play call split was 27 runs, 34 passes, at least. Uh, I could well, be, there could have been some scrambles that were called passes, but ended up being rushes. But I think that's what the credit was, at least. You're down to right. And I was going to say they they were they were put up against a wall there. Um, so I definitely think it can function as part of an overall offense in the Big Ten. I don't think it can exist as the entirety of the offense. You have to have balance. You have to be multiple and you have to be somebody who can play off of your tendencies. Um, and so that's what you really have to have is, you know, these teams that have identities and that can play off of and into those tendencies. They really get, uh, you know, there were times when Wisconsin would just roll out a team and beat most, you know, most other schools just because their identity as an offensive, you know, zone based running team uh, was so ingrained that didn't matter who the quarterback was. You know, IU needs to eventually figure out what that identity is. If the if the option ends up being a part of it, great. Uh, But I don't think it can be the be all end all to the identity there has to be some kind of play action there has to be some kind of quick pass game and there has to be some kind of between the tackle running scheme um that can that can accomplish short line gains uh, in goal line and short yardage situations yeah 100 percent i agree get your crystal get your crystal balls out <laughs> need five more wins i think we all had a consensus on akron and um Akron and Michigan State, right? Yep. Maryland looks good. Rutgers looks good. Illinois looks bad, and Wisconsin looks bad. I am out on Rutgers, and I am I'm holding out on firm Rutgers. hard. No, bro. no. On I think I use. I don't think I you can beat Rutgers right now. No. Oh, Rutgers Stop has it. looked good. <laughs> They've looked 
I mean, obviously going to be a test this weekend for Michigan, but I'm with Seth. Rutgers has looked great. What's the spread on the Michigan game? Because I'm going to pound it. 24 points. Pound it. 28 plus. It's in Michigan? It doesn't is matter. in Ann Arbor. It doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter where it's at. The answer to your question, Brandon, if you guys remember from the, we could re, we could go back to the season predictions podcast. I had three yellow highlighted games. This was one of them. That was a toss up, right? There's two more at the bottom of our schedule that these two teams do not look very good right now. I didn't one want to say it for Seth. I didn't want to say it. One of them's at Illinois. That team is a mess. Yes. Altmaier, not good. The other one, and and I don't want to hurt I don't want to hurt Seth's feelings too bad, but oh, Purdue's no, that defense. Game, that game is in play. That game yeah. is Purdue's defense against the run, and especially against a mobile quarterback, to give up what two hundred yards to a quarterback? Hey man. I'm gonna, I'm, I I signed up to see I it didn't again on watch Friday, it. so I didn't watch it. I told you guys, and you guys know this about me. If IU loses, I won't watch college football the rest of the day. Doesn't happen. And 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 if the Colts are off on on the NFL a bye week, chances are I probably won't watch it, or I'll just turn on Red Zone and just go out throughout the house and whatever do things. But uh, I didn't watch those two games. But those two games are in play. I've got Illinois as a win already, but I, we all had Purdue as a loss, a close one. Um. But that game looks maybe leaning if if this team can can turn a corner and use that second half as any sort of momentum, um, couldn't really be something. Michigan State looks really bad. Wisconsin doesn't look very good either. I was now. just gonna say that they looked awful against Washington State. Georgia yeah. Southern had it close for a while. Mm-hmm. We all hate ESPN's FBI index. They got that as a sixty forty game. Yeah. Well, now it does. I don't think it was that close to begin with. And to no. be honest, guys, let's let's think. Let's pump the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit. I don't want to hate Rutgers too much. I do think that their win. I think that win at home against Virginia Tech seems to be okay. I also don't think Virginia Tech is a good team, man. They're not a good team. They came back against Purdue, which I couldn't believe, but then Purdue shut it down quick. After that, I mean, on the road, you got to win that game after a giant. A giant delay like that. You've got Purdue there. They're waiting around. How long, Seth? Six hours? Uh, half an hour to start, five and a half after it started. So six hours? You win that game at home. There's no reason to lose that game. And they got whooped. And, uh, you know, I want to I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced. By Rutgers, you got to have a solid quarterback play. Their defense may be okay, but remember, this is how they started the year last year. And they got just destroyed when they started playing good, consistent opponents. So... To answer your question, I do think towards the end of the schedule, the two yellow highlighted games, um, as well as maybe now Wisconsin, um, is in play. So, um, yeah, that's it, right? Seth Sack, what do you got in your sack there, bud? All right. Uh, This one is called Tweets Not Sent Saturday. Oh, crap. Um, This was about... Were they they mine? No. Well, some of these I shared with you already. All right. Uh, Louisville fans, the best of Kentucky, the worst of Southern Indiana. Uh, the, un- oh the under was easy money. Um, and then this was a little bit more nuanced. This one didn't fit into a tweet form. Um, and I guess this will count as my final statement. Um, 
you're starting to see an identity for the football team. I know we talked a lot about how the offense doesn't have an identity, but the rest of the team has really started to take shape. I think you've seen a toughness from the defense. You've seen a special teams that's solid. Uh, I know we ragged on Jimmy Evans a little bit today, um, but you have complementary football being played in the defense and the special teams. If the offense can come around, there is a lot to like, and there is a... If you look up and down the two deep, there's a lot of eligibility left on the roster, too. So I think there's a lot, you know, you're you're one, two, you're really cheesed off about, you know, how this game ended up. But there is a lot to be excited about. You have a firmly entrenched quarterback and you have a lot of youth who are now excelling in roles uh, with a lot of time left on the clock. Yeah, I love that. Um, The defense is good. The defense is legit, and I I think, and I'll talk about it here in just a minute. Is that it in your sack? That's it? Okay, I'll go ahead and, and do my little part here, uh, which I don't usually do. We usually just skip over it, but our fan base is disgusting right now. Like, there are some people that are, are hanging it together. Our boy Respectable Adam, of course, on Twitter. Um, a couple other people, but there are some people that are just calling for the wrong people's heads at this point. And, uh, I mean, nobody can figure out, I mean, we'll just call the names out. People are calling out CTA. They're calling out Walt Bell. <laughs> Here it is. We were out coached and out game plan in the first half. We'll all admit that. I mean, Brom came out, he picked his weakness. He knew where he was going. Everything ran that way. There wasn't any sort of like, okay, look, they're hitting the middle and now they're hitting the outside and now they're doing this. Now no, 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 no. He picked on one corner. He picked on one side of the defense, took it apart. And that's the first time. But what we saw, though, coming out of halftime, first off, props to Tom Allen, because that was a that could have been bad. That could have been really bad had it gone the wrong way. But he put he put him in a in a wheelbarrow and brought him out there in the second half. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But either way, this for the first time in a long time. And Brandon will probably agree with this. We actually made adjustments at halftime and it was mostly defensively the offense had no other choice but it, the problem isn't with cta the problem's up in the press box and the part that sucks boys is that saturday everybody's going to forget about it because chances are we're putting up 42 49 50 points on saturday and it's going to be fine and then we'll come back around to Mar maryland and guess what we're right back in the same spot. I'm not asking for us to go out and 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 scrape through Akron, win 21-17 ugly late to get some real pressure put on, but I think something needs to happen. Either he needs to change something or it's got to be it's got to be something drastic has to happen mid-season. Because I'll tell you what, there's two things. One, the defense is not the problem. And two, the talent on that offense is not the problem. So you guys figure out what it is. And I'll tell you who doesn't coach offense, it's Tom Allen. So that's all I've got to say. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? We got a quarterback. We what, a quarterback. What, did I, what did I say all this offseason, I, whether I was on the Ohio State pod or the Big Ten preview pod or a number of different pods, what, what's happened to IU the past two years? No quarterback. No quarterback. What do we got? Got ourselves a quarterback, boys. Bingo. Got a quarterback. We got a decent backup, too. How about that? 
Pretty good backup. We know it. IU fans know it. It's important. Yep. I have his shirt. I have his. I have got his shirt. I gave him money. I don't know if I gave him money. Whoever made the shirt, I gave him money. Hopefully, they gave him money. Go ahead. All I can say is if if Tom Allen ultimately doesn't end up being the IU football coach long term, it's not because he was a he was a cheerleader coach. It's not because he was a rah rah guy. It'll be because he couldn't find an offensive coordinator to replace Caleb DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. That'll be Kalen what DeBoer, ultimately yeah. you know will cost him his job if this turns sideways. He's got it. You know what he has to do. If 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 okay, let's just hypothetical. We do okay, but Walt Bell's out at the end of the year. If you're going to hire an it's offensive last coordinator, chance. it's his last chance to hire it. an offensive and coordinator. And it's got to be, it's got to be big, dude. It's got to be a big one. It's oh, Brandon doesn't like something that just happened. It's got to be. I'm going to say it's the first five minutes of the game. He can't be that mad already. It's something bad. I don't know. Whatever it is, must be fantasy because it's not his team. Oh, yeah, um, but either way, I, either way, it's got to be. It has to be a big splash signing. I'm not saying the biggest offensive coordinator out there, but it can't be UMass's ex-coach. It can't be that. It's got to be somebody that's going to come in with an attitude, change that direction of that, that, and have an identity. How about that, Seth? Have an identity on offense. So we'll see what happens. Brandon, anything else before you want to tell everybody what you were freaking out about or? Uh, I have uh, I have Chris Olave first touchdown, <laughs> and and it went he got hit hard and the ball got jarred loose. Oh. So that was that was almost a hundred dollars in my pocket. Okay, and I'm I mean, of course still playing against fantasy of him, and I, if they score a touchdown, I'm I'm in deep trouble. It could still happen. I know. So for both of okay, us. we'll wrap it up. I'd feel better. I thought Brandon was going to be real real mean and bad. No, mm-hmm. I feel better. Because I felt okay. I mean, I was, I was, I was frustrated after the game, but I, I feel, I feel better. Um, all right, be sure to check out our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Threads. It's all at Podcast Leo website, podcastleo.com. Check that out for um, if you need help to find any of the links to find our show, to do, find the store, to to follow us on Instagram, do all that stuff. Remember, Instagram hundredth follower free shirt. They're nice shirts. Uh, you can ask whoever you want. Uh, ran into a couple people while I was out there. Um, special shout out. I got to find the message. He shot it to me. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it this quick. Uh, but either way, really appreciate, uh, meeting up with you at the, uh, pregame. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet all the fans. Um, it's so weird to say that, uh, really appreciate you guys listening and, and supporting the show. Uh, be sure to follow big banter sports. It's at big banter sports for all the latest updates involving our pad podcast and what Brandon wouldn't say as well as our other 13 crappy football teams in the conference. Uh, be sure to download rate review, follow on all of our platforms and join us next week as we preview. I use chance to bounce back. Do you get it? Akron rubber zip. Okay. Against the zips until then we love you guys. Elio. Elio, zap the zips, zap the zips, Elio. (laughs) He said it.